let's see where we are in the process. So in this uh, season, I'm going through the process of how do you become more trustworthy? And it's through seven steps. We are right now at step number five. So step one was to identify relationships. Step two was to find what is the one bad thing that's holding you back. Step three was let's identify a new habit that we want to acquire, a good habit we want to acquire. Step four, we made that habit more specific, measurable, achievable, um, relevant, and in uh, time bound. So smart action uh, plan. And in the fifth step, or the the fifth step, yes, uh, we were making this, uh, we started in the last episode, making it easier to make. So I told you that there are six methods, or I have six methods that would help you, but uh, I only went over five. So I'm going to talk about the sixth one in this episode. And the sixth one is going to be using extrinsic motivation. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm your host, Joram Solomon, a researcher of trust and the author of The Book of Trust. In this podcast, I will share with you everything that I know and discovered about trust. I will challenge you to think differently about trust. But not only will I teach you about trust, I will also give you actionable advice on how to build trust, be trusted, and know who to trust. It's almost like I'm reading The Book of Trust to you, but with no holding back, and no BS. And if you have listened to this podcast uh, for more than two, three episodes, you know that I'm going to have to start with a story. This story starts in 2012. Uh, in 2012, my family came back from Israel uh, after spending about a month during the summer. This was the uh, beginning of July, and uh, I, I did not have the time to go with them for a month. And so what we did instead is when they came back from Israel, they landed in New York. I flew over to New York. I met them there. We spent uh, five or six days in Washington, D.C., uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, New York. The morning of our flight back home, we went, uh, our flight was not until the afternoon, we went to uh, the Rockefeller Plaza to see the uh, recording of the Today Show. We watch NBC. And uh, that morning, uh, after seeing the anchors, we went upstairs to the second floor, uh, to the experience store to buy all kinds of memorabilia, especially associated with the London Olympics that took place at that time. So... I'm there at the uh, second floor when three ladies came to me, one with makeup ready to go on air. That was Madeline Ferenstrom. Uh, she's the nutritional expert, or at least was at that time, uh, for NBC. And two ladies with the clipboards. And they came to me and they asked me, do you want to be on the Today Show? Well, <laughs> yeah. But I asked them, so what is the context? And they said, Weight loss. So I'm looking down and, uh, well, okay, I get it. Uh, I was 32 pounds heavier than I needed to be. 
I'll I'll play that game. So okay, what do you need me to do? And they said, well, th- this is the later uh, part of the Today Show. That was at that time with Hoda Kotb before she became an anchor for the uh, main Today Show and Kath- Kathy Lee Gifford. So at some point, we're going to turn to the audience and we're going to ask if there are any good questions. Do you have a good question that we will put on air? And I thought about this for a minute and I said, you know what? I do. I do have a question. I've been meaning to lose weight for I don't know how long. I know what I have to do. I know what I can eat. I know what I cannot eat. I know how much exercise I need. Knowledge is not the issue. Where do you find the motivation? And they said, oh, that's a great question. We're going to put you on air. And so they take me to another room. They put some makeup on me, not as much as on her. But uh, they bring me in. Uh, it's standing room only. And I'm standing there. There is a reporter, reporter standing next to me. And then they turn and said and asked, are there any questions from the audience? The reporter standing next to me put the microphone in my face. And she said, we have a question from uh, Yoram Salman at, uh, from Texas. So I'm standing there wearing my uh, Texas Rangers number one dead t-shirt. And uh, yeah, here's my question. I've been meaning to lose weight for I don't know how long. I know what I have to do. I know what I can, what I can't eat, how much exercise I need to do. Knowledge is not the issue. Where do you find the motivation? And so they give a most generic answer, and I'm thinking as they're giving me this answer, this is not helpful. This this is not going to help me uh, lose weight. So, you know, you have to do it in small chunks, and, and you have to get the support of your family and friends, and you have to celebrate little successes. I mean, this is kind of the plain vanilla stuff that, that everybody's going to tell you, and it's just not enough. So we're done and uh, we, we went home. We got on that plane and we're flying back. And, and it's a late flight. So, you know, it's getting dark outside. And I, I start thinking. And I'm thinking to myself, if I'm right and knowledge is not the issue, motivation is. Look, I'm not an expert on weight loss or nutrition or anything or exercise or anything like that. But I just finished a PhD on motivation. Granted, it was motivation for creativity, but it's still motivation. I researched motivation for two years. I know a lot about motivation. I must be able to figure this one out. By the time I landed in Dallas, I had a plan. I figured out what would it be and what do I need to do to make it to lose that amount of weight. So I decided I'm going to lose 32 pounds, but not not in a week. I I wasn't trying to lose 320 pounds. I wasn't trying to lose 32 pounds in a week or in a day or even in a month. I was going to lose 32 pounds over a period of six months. So one of the reasons for that is, by the way, so that I can build a habit rather than just lose weight. Because I've tried that before. And and I'm sure that those of you who want to lose weight have tried that before. You know, we're going to do this thing. If if we can lose enough weight, I can buy that whatever thing that you want to buy or I can do whatever thing or I can travel to whatever I want to do. And you do it and you lose the weight and then you travel and then it probably takes you less amount of time to gain the weight back than, than to keep it off. But I wanted to build a habit. So I wanted to lose the 32 pounds over six months. Kind of to, to jump to the end of that story, 
If you want to read that story, by the way, that, that story and the entire methodology is in my second book, Worst Diet Ever, including the story of why I called the book Worst Diet Ever. And maybe in a future season, probably a future episode, I will tell you the story of Worst Diet Ever, uh, which is not directly related to trust, but but I'm actually using the same methodology here in becoming more trustworthy or building that habit. So jump to the end. I lost. Those 32 pounds in six months, minus three days. I was three days ahead of schedule by using extrinsic motivation. And I'm going to explain that today. Uh, I kept that weight off until 2020, the, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, because, you know, when we all started working from home uh, and there was uh, more access to better quality food than things to take out of the uh, freezer and, and heat up uh, in the microwave oven, I, I gained some weight back. And then um, three months ago, I think, I decided, no, it's time to go back. Same method in the book, Worst Diet Ever, and in what I'm going to tell you today. I'm Right now, I'm less than four pounds away from my target weight. So I, I was 226. Uh, I need to be under 200, and I'm under 204. Okay, let's talk about extrinsic motivation. How do you work on building a habit? It's There is a very simple formula. You continue to do that as long as your motivation, whatever it is, is bigger than the, the effort that it takes to achieve it. That's it. It's as simple as that. If the motivation is lower than the effort, you stop. If motivation is higher than the effort, you do it. Very simple. As long as this relationship stays, motivation higher than effort, you continue. And the whole idea is you continue long enough for it to become a habit. And I'll wrap this up when when I get to the end of this episode. What can you do? Two things. One, reduce the effort. Two, increase the motivation. If it's the other way around, if the motivation is not enough, you have to either increase the motivation or reduce the effort. Now, be careful with reducing the effort because you don't want to reduce the effort to the point that it's ineffective, that that you're not getting what you're trying to do. So if for me, for example, I needed to, uh, you know, meet my four direct reports 30 minutes uh, a week each, uh, then I'm going to reduce the effort by saying, oh, I only need to meet them 30 minutes once every three months. Well, that's not going to achieve the goal of being more trusted by them. So you can reduce the effort to the point where it's not achieving the goal, your goal. In the previous episode and and with this episode, I gave you a few ideas on how to reduce the effort or make it a little easier. So go to the previous episode, listen to the previous episode and and see what uh, other five ideas. Today, we're going to talk about the, the other part, the motivation. So I talked about reducing the effort. Now let's talk about increasing the motivation. And and you can do both of them. You can do whatever you can to reduce the effort. And at the same time, increase the motivation. You want to have a good gap, positive gap between motivation and uh, the effort. So first, I I use the word extrinsic motivation. And and it's time to uh, start explaining what extrinsic and intrinsic motivations are. 
After all, I did spend two years researching motivation. So intrinsic motivation, think about it this way. There is an action that you need to take. There is a natural outcome to this, this action that you're taking. And that outcome is your motivation to continue and do this. So it's kind of a closed loop, right? And the, the connection, the link between those two components, the action that you're taking and the outcome that you get out of it, that, that link is a natural link. So I'm going to meet my uh, direct reports 30 minutes every week. The outcome, they're going to trust me more. My intrinsic motivator is that they're going to trust me more. And because I know that they're going to trust me more, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to do this action again. So this, this is an intrinsic motivation. But sometimes it's not enough. And I'll talk about why it's, it's not enough. Uh, but first, I, I want to explain what extrinsic motivation is. Extrinsic motivation is another loop. So keep your uh, action in the middle and let, let's build another loop and, and put another outcome but this outcome is linked to your action in an artificial way. So it's linked because you decided that it's linked, not because it's a natural outcome of this action. Yet, it is still an outcome, some kind of an outcome. And the motivation here is that outcome. I'm going to give you an example of what I actually used to lose weight. Let's think intrinsic for a second. Intrinsic, losing weight, um, doing the effort. So I'm going to control what I eat and eat less and more healthy. And I'm going to work out more, exercise more. The natural outcome of that is that I'm going to look better. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to live longer. All good things, right? That's intrinsic motivation. I'm motivated because I'm going to look better and feel better and live longer. My extrinsic motivation was, see, I'm not sure if I ever told you that my hobby is to build and fly radio-controlled airplanes. Some of them are pretty unique and, and many of them I built from scratch and designed myself. I do something every day in that hobby. And, and it's a way to distract myself from uh, from doing uh, you, from working nonstop because I do work seven days a week and pretty much ten to sixteen hours a day. So you have to distract yourself, and so I use the hobby for that as that distraction. So imagine that every day I am above the allowed weight limit for that day. I cannot build. I cannot fly. I cannot even buy anything that's related to the hobby. That's not a natural outcome of not going through the effort of losing weight. I mean, it's not that, that because I lost weight, I don't have access to a website. Although that would be a good idea to find a way to connect the, the, the two. And, uh, you know, th this is how you use technology. And I talked about that last time. So imagine, man, I think I'm inventing something live uh, during recording the recording of an episode. Um, what if I could link my Amazon account to a weight loss app that is connected to my smart scale 
And if I'm over the weight limit, it does not allow me to buy anything on Amazon. Think about that. The thing is that not everything I do is buying. Anyway, the, the point of this episode is not to invent stuff right now. But so this is my extrinsic loop. My intrinsic loop is I do what I need to do. So I eat less. I control what I eat. I eat less. I eat healthier. I do the exercise. Natural outcome that I don't need to connect artificially is I'm going to uh, look better, live, feel better, and live longer. And that is my intrinsic motivator. The second loop is my action. Still the same action because we're trying to motivate the same action, which is control what I eat and uh, eat better, eat healthier, and, and exercise more. But artificially, I connected if I'm not on a certain weight limit or, or if I haven't done what I'm supposed to. Like Instead of weighting myself, uh, weighing myself, maybe the uh, metric that I'm going to use is the the effort that I put into it. So I have to work out 40 minutes uh, a day and I have to eat less than 2,000 calories and, and I have to count them. So maybe that's the thing, that that's the action and, and not the outcome, the, the actual metric of what did I weigh this morning. So every time I do that, it's completely unnatural that it's related to I can or cannot buy, build, or fly, but I made that artificial connection, and my extrinsic motivation is that I am able to work on my airplanes. So why is the intrinsic motivation not not good enough? Why why is it not strong enough? Why isn't it enough to be motivated, to to do what I need to do to be motivated by the fact that I'm going to be trusted more. Why is it not enough to know that I'm going to look better, feel better, and, and live longer? I asked a lot of people that question. I asked a very simple question. What's more important to you? What's, what's more powerful? Okay. What has more value? What you're going to gain from losing weight or the effort? I've still to hear the first person that says, no, the effort, much, much higher. No, everybody says this is more important. Living longer, feeling better, is is looking better, is much more important. And if it's much more important, why aren't you doing it? Why isn't it enough? Why isn't the intrinsic motivation enough? And the answer is that the intrinsic motivation in that case is delayed. They're not going to trust me immediately more because I met them today. It's going to take a long period of time, and I'll talk about that in a future episode in this season, how long. It's going to take a longer period of time for them to trust me, for me to actually benefit, to feel the outcome. I'm not going to feel the outcome for a long period of time. Same with weight loss. It's going to take a long time until I start seeing those benefits, until I really start looking better, until I really start feeling much better, until I realize that I'm going to live longer. I mean, live longer is the longest thing that you're going to see the outcome from. Uh, So because that's delayed, but the effort is instant, that makes, and I like to use a financial term net present value, the net present value of this much more important thing when you bring it into today because it's delayed is much lower than the instant gratification of eating whatever I wanted today and not exercising. 
So that's why, and there was an experiment or a test called the marshmallow test uh, or, or experiment that was done in 1972 at Stanford by Walter Michel. I think I'm, I'm pronouncing his name correctly. And what they did was they took preschoolers and uh, they gave them a marshmallow on a plate. The facilitator of that experiment said, if you can wait... I'm, I'm going to leave the room. If you can wait and not eat this marshmallow, I'm going to give you a second one. And it's amazing. Just go and check the marshmallow experiment or marshmallow test uh, on YouTube. And, and you're going to find videos of those experiments because it wasn't just one. They did multiple. They had five different groups. And uh, it, it's a lot more complex than the way I'm describing it. But essentially, what they were measuring is how long are people willing to wait with their delayed gratification at the expense of the instant gratification, which is uh, eating that. So uh, the reason why intrinsic motivation is not enough is because typically it's a delayed gratification versus the effort that avoiding that effort gives you instant gratification. So let's talk about extrinsic motivation. First of all, the purpose of the extrinsic motivation is going to be make it easy to stop the bad habit if you have a bad habit that you're trying to stop. Make it easy to start a good habit that would replace the old one. To make it hard to stop the new good habit that you're going to use. Or to make it hard to continue the bad habit that, that you did before. So this is the purpose of the extrinsic motivation. Now, it has to have an immediate gratification component. You know, again, it can be something that happens in the future. In the future, they're going to trust me. I, I need something that would happen today that would be enough motivation for me. Knowing that this is an artificial connection between action and outcome. So uh, if it's instant, it's more powerful than, than if it's delayed. How do you select it? First of all, obviously, as I said, like three times, it has to have instant gratification. Second is it has to be something that you care about. If it's something that you don't care about, it's like, okay, who cares? So I don't get access to it today. Then it's not as effective. It's not going to add enough motivation for you to actually go over that hurdle of uh, exercising this good new habit or, or stop uh, exercising the bad habit. So it has to be something that you care about. But it has to be something that if you don't do, will not have severe consequences either to you or to other people. I mean, first of all, you can't put other people in this path of uh, whatever you decided. You know, I I've decided that I'm going to lose weight. And every day that I don't lose weight, my there is no electricity in the house. I'm sorry. There are other people who live in this house. So you can't you can affect other people. But even for yourself, if the consequences are too severe, it's just going to be too easy to disconnect this artificial link between action and outcome, the, the extrinsic outcome, and, and you're going to break it. Should it be a carrot or a stick? So a carrot, and I'm sure that you're familiar with the, the terms, a carrot would be something that's positive. So if I do this, so with a carrot, if I... Do the positive, the, the good new habit, I get this carrot, right? 
still with a carrot, if it's a bad habit, every time I don't do the bad habit, I can avoid the bad habit, I get the carrot. The stick would be every time I don't exercise the new good habit, I get the stick. So for me, it's, you know, no work or buying or building or flying radio control airplanes today. It's a stick. It's not a carrot. Uh, of course, you can look at it as a carrot, which is I'm going to give you something. But but since really I used to do something before, I, I used to work on them before, it's a stick because I'm denying myself the ability to do this work or or buy or, or fly. So uh, if it's a bad habit, the stick is every time I exercise the bad habit. So it can be a carrot or a stick. So which one should it be? If you remember back in season two, when I talked about positivity and I gave you some research that showed that positivity is, you know, some research says that it's three times stronger than good. I'm sorry, that that bad is three times stronger than good. Actually, the critical positivity ratio or the Losada ratio uh, was uh, uh, the the number they came up with was 2.9013. But, you know, let, let's just settle for strong is much, uh, bad is much stronger than good. And, and if bad is much stronger than good, then probably having a stick is much more effective than having a carrot. So denying yourself something is a stronger extrinsic motivator than giving yourself something that's not something that you usually get as, as a carrot. Now, you want to make sure that this is enforceable, that uh, that that connection, that artificial connection between the action, the new habit, or stopping the old habit, and the uh, extrinsic outcome, you need to make sure that that this is enforceable. So for me, uh, one of the things that that I use this enforcement mechanism is the fact that I just told my daughters what, what I've done. And, and I confirmed that, you know, on this day, I did not meet my goal, my weight goal. And therefore, I did not work and am not working or building or, or flying uh, my radio controlled airplanes today. So, but, but I'll talk more about that in the next episode when I talk about an accountability partner, because really my daughters served as an accountability partner. Um, something to ask yourself. If, if I'm using, if the only thing that works is extrinsic motivation, then am I doing it for the right reasons? And you know what? The first answer is no, it's not the right reason. The right reason is not my radio controlled airplanes. The right reason is because I'm going to lose weight, live healthy, and uh, feel good. The right reason is that I'm going to be trusted more by my people. It's not that. I'm, my access or, or lack thereof to, to my radio controlled airplane. So I'm not doing it for the, for the right reason. So the reason, the initial reason is right. I want to be more trusted or I want to lose weight or live better. I have to use extrinsic just to get me there. I have to use it for long enough for it to become a habit. And it will become a habit based on intrinsic motivation. I'm going to continue and do that because of the intrinsic motivation, but it has to become a habit. It has to become automatic first. 
And, and the, the analogy that I like to use is like you're startering an engine when you start your car. You pull on, you push on that that start button, or you turn the the switch on and, and turn it all the way to the starter. You're not going to keep the starter going, right? You're going to stop as soon as the engine starts running by itself. Think about charcoal grill, right? Do you use starter fluid, uh, lighter fluid? Uh, so you pour it there and you light it. And you're going to keep on putting some lighter fluid until you see that the charcoals themselves caught fire and now they're self-sustained, right? So it's the same thing. You're going to do that until the new good habit becomes a habit. It becomes automatic. You don't have to think about it anymore. It's harder to to stop doing it than it is to do it. I mean, just like brushing your teeth. You know, it's right now, it's harder to stop brushing your teeth than it is to uh, start start brushing or or start doing something else. So you're going to do that to the point of it becomes the, the action itself, the new habit becomes automatic or the old habit completely disappears to the point where it's self-sustained and you can say, you know what, I'm going to disconnect that artificial link to an extrinsic motivator or extrinsic outcome. And once that link is disconnected, I'm still going to be doing that because now it's a habit. I don't have to think about that. So essentially, remember, the, intrin- the value of the intrinsic motivation did not change over time. It's still, I value being trusted the same way I valued being trusted when I started this process three, four, five, six months ago. That value did not change. Intrinsic motivation did not change. Intrinsic motivation was not strong enough, was lower than the effort, the instant gratification of, uh, you know, not having those meetings, using email instead of going to getting my butt out of my office and seeing them. It's just that over time, using extrinsic motivator, I lowered the effort. So the intrinsic motivator remained the same. It's just that the effort to get there became so automatic so that I don't have to think about that anymore, that it's less of an effort than the intrinsic motivator. So intrinsic motivator didn't change. The effort was high, was higher than the intrinsic motivator. I added an extrinsic motivator that when I add up the intrinsic and extrinsic motivators, I got to the point where the motivation was higher than the effort. And I kept on doing that. I kept on my finger on the start button of the extrinsic motivation until the effort became lower than the intrinsic motivator. I would say err on the side of, uh, you know, keeping your finger on the start button just a little longer until you really, really feel that this did, did become a habit and you don't have to think about that and it is automatic then you can release your finger from the habit. Then you can stop the extrinsic motivation. In the next episode, I'll talk about accountability partner. In the one after that, I'll talk about, so how long would that take? And just like with previous uh, episodes, before you move on to the next step, I would recommend that you answer these questions and actually answer them in writing for yourself. One, what is the trigger that caused you to have that bad thing, bad habit, the thing that held you back? The second is, 
Was there a good purpose that you did that for? You found the trigger, you found the good purpose. Now ask yourself, how can I fill that void that's going to be left if I took out the bad habit? Is there something else I can put there instead of that void just so that there is no void and I go back to the bad habit uh, while achieving the same purpose? That There was probably a good purpose for why I did that bad thing. The next question is, uh, how do I reduce or increase the friction? The third one is, uh, can I stack this to a habit that, that I did have before uh, that, that's already automatic? Uh, or can I condition a habit that I had before with this new habit? Tech support. Is there any way I can harness technology to help me with this? How do I log it? What would be the form of this log? Where would I put that log? What would be the logistics of that log? And finally, what extrinsic motivation can I use until this becomes a habit? I'll see you in the next episode. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it, write a review for this podcast, because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops at yoramsolomon.com workshops online courses at trustedatwork.com, find my books on Amazon, or go to my website, yoramsolomon.com. And remember one thing, the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.